Great news, my cruciferous cousins. Plant Strong Foods is hosting a March Madness Meals and Minutes sale. Visit plantstrong.com and save up to 30% on every one of our ready-to-eat chilies and stews. It is the perfect time to stock up on these heat-and-eat tasty meal solutions. Having a stash in your pantry means you're never more than 90 seconds away from a satisfying meal. The sale runs through March 17th while supplies last. Visit plantstrong.com today. Hey gang, I just saw this fun review of our show on Apple Podcasts from Trisha Gray. It reads, I had the pleasure of meeting Rip at a Plant Strong Immersion Retreat earlier this year. I love this podcast because it keeps me inspired and I always learn so much. The enthusiasm Rip brings to plant-based eating is contagious and he makes veganism cool well (laughs) thanks trisha that's very very kind of you we had a blast during our week in black mountain together and if i remember correctly you even sang a song during the talent show that was an absolute hit and i i'm super glad that the podcast is keeping you on track and Speaking of our Plant Strong Immersion Retreats, our next event is this October in Sedona, Arizona. If any of you have ever wondered what it's like to join one of our retreats, 99% of our attendees agree they are absolutely life-transforming. I would invite you to come learn, laugh, and grow with us this fall as we enjoy bountiful buffets of Plant Strong Foods, We're going to go hiking among the red rocks together. We're going to tell ghost stories by the bonfire. And we're going to get answers to all of your questions from our team of world-class experts. Learn more at plantstrong.com slash Sedona. When I was in that CAT scan machine, I'm going, wow, I'm just like one of my patients. I don't don't want to be like that. But what's been amazing is... um, I feel so empowered now. I mean, your health is completely in your control. And I didn't realize that before. I'm Rip Esselstyn, and welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. The mission at Plant Strong is to further the advancement of all things within the plant-based movement. We advocate for the scientifically proven benefits of plant-based living and envision a world that universally understands, promotes, and prescribes plants as a solution to empowering your health, enhancing your performance, restoring the environment, and becoming better guardians to the animals we share this planet with. We welcome you wherever you are on your Plant Strong journey, and I hope that you enjoy the show. For those of you that are just tuning into the Plant Strong podcast and for whatever reason don't know my backstory, I spent 12 years as a firefighter for the city of Austin, Texas Fire Department. And before that, I spent a 12-year stint as a professional triathlete. Now, one of my biggest passions is to rescue the health of our everyday heroes. I'm talking about first responders like my fellow firefighters, police, EMS, those individuals who are tasked with saving the lives of others. 
So I love it when an email comes across my desk from a fellow firefighter who has heard of my story and become motivated to make big, wonderful changes to rescue their own health. My guest today is Paul Young, who did just that. At 45, this Southern California-based firefighter and father of three got some health tests that were startling to him. Let me read you some of his email. Rip, I am 45 years old and was recently diagnosed with high cholesterol, 245 points. I know that there are far worse diagnoses, but this really hit me hard because I always considered myself to be super healthy. I am very active. I'm not overweight. And until recently, I consumed very to little meat. I have always worked at busy stations in Southern California and have always taken great pride in being able to keep up with the younger guys. I felt totally blindsided when the department doctor told me I needed to get a calcium scan of my heart and start statins immediately. It really caused me to reflect and examine what have I been doing wrong. After watching many of your YouTube videos, reading your dad's book, and listening to your podcast, I quickly realized that I've been consuming way too much processed food and oils despite the appearance of being healthy. I also decided that there was no way I was going to take statins without really giving 100% effort to change my numbers with diet. I have three young kids and a wife at home and decided that I owed it to them to change once and for all. Well, after just a few weeks of going all in on a whole food, plant-strong way of eating, Paul's results were dramatically improved, to say the least. I had to have him on the podcast to discuss his love of firefighting, his why for wanting to improve his health, his doctor's reaction when those follow-up tests came back, and what this means for his life and his family now. I can promise you this. There's no turning back for this firefighting brother. Let's meet Paul Young. All right, Plant Strong people. We have a fellow firefighter in the house. His name is Paul Young. He resides from Southern California. And if there's anything I love doing, it's helping out fellow firefighters. Hopefully, all of you know, season one was 100% dedicated to helping out our New York City firefighter, Joe Inga. Uh, and it was quite a season and Joe made some amazing progress. But Paul Young here reached out to me February 1st. You sent me actually the first email letting me know that you were exploring this lifestyle for a myriad of reasons. And so what I'd love to do with you, Paul, today on the Plant Strong Podcast is talk about your journey in a culture that is very traditionally very meat and potato and you know how your, your firehouse embraced you starting to eat this way and what inspires you to do this. So my first question to you, Paul, is you've been a firefighter in Southern California for how long? 17 years. I can't even imagine all the amazing things you've seen. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Helping people and saving lives. What, what inspired you 17 years ago to become a firefighter? You know, just growing up, 
um, my uncle, his, his best friend was a fire chief and we used to go over to a station and ride the truck and just stay at the station and see everything he did. And I was really inspired by that. And then just as I got older, it was something I wanted to do. I wanted to help people be part of the community, make a difference. And, um, I did it and it's one of the best decisions of my life. I love it. And how old are you now today? 45. 45. And so 17 years ago, that puts you at about 28, if I'm 28. If my math is correct. Yeah. So what did you do before you became a firefighter? What were you doing from like high school to <laughs> 28? Did you go to college so or not? I actually, I went to um, college and I got a degree in English uh, with a minor in Spanish. And I ended up writing for a newspaper for a little bit. So I did that for about five years and um, I covered police and fire. And those guys would pick me up in their little plug buggy car, you know, with the lights and sirens and everything. And they take me to these incidents and I go, man, this is cool. Like I want to, I want to do this. So I ended up leaving journalism and, and headed down this path of firefighting and never looked wow. back. Was it competitive for you to get on with the, with, with firefighting in Southern oh, yeah. California? It seems like it's pretty, pretty, uh, you know, pretty rough to get a job there. I know, I know, for example, when I went through my, my fire academy class, there were a lot of guys from Southern California that couldn't get on with some of the departments there. Yes, it's very saturated, very difficult. Um, but I mean, anyone could do it, really. You just got to you yeah. got to put your nose to the grindstone and go for it. And it was just a lot of um, just a lot of hard work and a little bit of luck, too. No, totally. I totally hear you yeah. there. It took me, it took me three tries before I was able to get on with the Austin fire department. Were you able to get on your first try? No, I mean, I, I interviewed with quite a few departments, um, all in the area near where I live and probably 10 departments. And then finally, um, the one I worked for picked me up and, and it's all worked out. Wow. So 17 years, are you a firefighter? Uh, are you a, I, I don't know what the terminology is out there in Southern California, but in Austin, you're, you're like, you become a specialist, which just means you drive in the apparatus. Oh, I see. So you yeah. have firefighter, fire specialist, then you got fire lieutenant, then you got fire chief, uh, or I should say captain, and then battalion chiefs, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. I'm a straight firefighter and paramedic also, firefighter, paramedic. Got it. But I do. Yeah. So as a firefighter and paramedic, and, and in your email that you wrote to me, you said that you, you like working at busy stations. Yes. So what does that mean to you working at a busy stations? Are you talking 15 calls a shift or what? Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I've slowed down a little since then. Um, I work at a little bit of a slower spot, but yeah, I mean, for a long time, 15 to 20 calls a shift, you're up all night in the busiest areas of the city. And, um, you're doing it. I mean, you're going to tons of medical calls, tons of fires, tons of vehicle accidents. I mean, you name it. And it's, uh, it's a lot of, a lot of fun. I don't know if you've read any of my books, but in my books, I talk about how, you know, as a firefighter, I went into this profession thinking that every shift I'd be making a big old barn burner. Instead, what I quickly discovered is that close to 80% of our call volume, we're making medical calls. And I'm wondering if it's the same thing for you in Southern California. Oh, it's the same. I mean, it's probably even more than 80% now. 
I would say probably closer than to 90. Um, just so many medical calls all day. Um, lots of sick people. I mean, diabetes, heart attacks, other sorts of heart disease, breathing problems. I mean, yeah. you name it, you name it, especially in the lower income areas. Um, they're just so busy now. Yeah. So as a paramedic, like I, I, I was never a paramedic. I was just your basic, right. Uh, EMT emergency medical responder. And I found that 90% of the medical calls we made, we didn't need to use that advanced life support stuff, you know, like, you know, finding an airway and, but when you need it, man, you know, you need it. But I'm wondering like on your medical calls, how often are you using some of that advanced technology that you need as a, as a paramedic? I mean, um, a majority of the time, I mean, we're using, we're hooking everyone up to the EKG monitor, looking at their hearts, um, checking their blood sugar. I mean, there's a lot of advancements in technology, even that I've seen, you know, in the last 17 years. Um, so we're able to um, kind of have a better idea of what's going on with our patients now. I, I, I mean, it's a tool and we try to use it when we can. Um, but yeah, I, there's a lot of sick people out there. Have you had to, over the course of your 17 year career, shock many people and try and get them back into a, a, uh, if their hearts have stopped. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Quite a few times. I mean, so many, I can't even count anymore to be honest with you. Yeah. Speaking of all this, you in your fire department, you have annual physicals. Correct. And, and so when you wrote me February 1st, you mentioned that you had an elevated cholesterol that really caught you off guard and really like got you pissed off. <laughs> yes. And, and, and so what, tell me like how high was it and what did that cause you to do? Yeah. So, um, I went in for my physical and thinking I was healthy cause I work out and I thought I was eating super healthy and all these things. And, um, my total came back at 243. Um, my LDL, the bad cholesterol, 173. HDL was 58 and triglycerides were um, 70. So um, Doc wanted to put me on statins right away. And what he also did too, I should mention, he sent me to get a uh, what's called a calcium scan where they took a picture of my arteries. Yeah. And uh, found a buildup of calcium in my Widowmaker, the left anterior descending artery. Um, my calcium score was, I think, like 104, which put me in the 90th percentile for my age. And that was, that was the real wake-up call, was laying in that CAT scan machine thinking, what am I doing here? Wow. 243 total cholesterol, which is obviously elevated. The 170 LDL, that is like, that's really high. And then you got the calcium, you know, scan back and it showed that you were in the 90th percentile at 104 for the age, for age 45. And your, your doctor wanted to put you on statins, right? Right away. Yes. And you, and you, you didn't want to go on statins. Why didn't you want to go on statins? I didn't want to go that route because um, the side effects and then like all the research is there, you know, like I've read your books, I read your dad's book, I've read 
you know, Dr. Ornish, a bunch of these different books. And there's so much evidence that points toward plant-based nutrition. Like you don't need these meds to heal your body. And, and I just wanted to give it a try. I thought, you know, what's the worst that could happen. So now before you decided to go all in after this scare, you were tinkering with it, right? But you, you said you were tinkering with it, but you weren't doing it right. Right. I was tinkering with it for a long time. Like I've been interested in, in this diet for probably over a decade. I mean, I've always loved fruits and veggies, but you know, I still was doing a lot of cheese. I was doing, um, tons of fish and things that I thought were healthy for me. I didn't really realize what type of effect they would have on my body. You know, I figured, Hey, I'm eating mostly plants and veggies. I, I think I'm, I'm good. I didn't realize what moderation was. Mm -hmm. Well, most people don't. Right. And most people they're like, Oh, a little bit of, a little bit of this, a little bit of that can't hurt me. Right. Everything right. in moderation, which, which is the, you know, the phrase that we, so many people use to justify having that ice cream or that fish or that cheese or whatever, as we are now discovering our 10 trillion cells in our body, they don't know what moderation is. And so if you, if you keep basically abusing them and hitting them with this saturated fat and this cholesterol and this problematic animal protein, six, seven, eight, nine times a week, instead of 31, it's better, but it's not going to get the job done as far as getting that cholesterol down to 160, 170 from 240, uh, or that LDL below hundred, which is what we're, what we're striving for. So you're, you're motivated. Uh, you realize that you've been doing too much processed stuff, oil, fish, cheese. And what happened when you went hundred percent? I had some massive changes, like mind blowing changes that, um, so basically my total, um, went down to about 140. So I dropped it a hundred points in like a two month period. Um, uh, my LDL went from 173 down to 83. Wow. HDL was 47 and triglycerides were 63. I mean, it was such a big change that I go, I got to call this department doctor. I want to tell him. So I called him up and I told him, and it was like, he didn't even believe me. He goes, I've never heard of this before. He was shocked. <laughs> and you, and, and you told him that you did this without statins, just food, just food. I healed myself with food. <laughs> he just, he couldn't wrap his head around it. Well, it's not surprising. I can tell you that, unfortunately, some of the, um, the in-house physicians that we had here in the Austin Fire Department thought that I was Looney Tunes as well. <laughs> uh, they're, they're just, for whatever reason, they're just not up on the latest, you know, the latest research and whatnot. So what ended up happening with that conversation ultimately? Um, basically, I mean, he just said, Hey, that's great. Congrats. And, uh, just keep doing what you're doing, I guess. I mean, I, that was it. I hate that phrase. Keep doing yeah. what you're doing. Looks yeah. good. And yeah. as opposed to listen, I've never seen anything like this, Paul. I am so intrigued by what you were able to do. Maybe there's other firefighters that would be willing to do this. Tell me everything that you did. Right. 
Like I wanted to share all this information and everything. And it, yeah, it didn't happen. It was a bit of an awkward conversation to be honest, but he, he, um, he's on his journey and hopefully you've planted a seed with him now. And yeah. And I figure, Hey, I can spread the word. I mean, I can tell my fellow firefighters and my friends and I mean, so many people have hit me up about this in the last few months. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a real thing. And as you and I both know, because of the firehouse culture, the toxic masculinity that exists, especially around food, um, most firefighters are unfortunately overweight, have elevated cholesterol levels. Many are pre-diabetic and uh, they're wrestling with all kinds of health-related issues. So this is, this, is, this is a lifestyle whose time has come for firefighters. And as you and I both know, the number one cause of in the line of duty deaths for firefighters is heart attacks on the job. Right. And so I love the fact that you didn't want to make yourself, you know, a liability to your crew as well. Right. Yeah, I didn't. And then also I didn't want to end up like one of the patients that I've been on in the past. I mean, we go on, I've been on thousands and thousands of people with heart disease and diabetes and all these other ailments and you know, when I was in that CAT scan machine, I'm going, wow, I'm just like one of my patients. I don't, I don't want to be like that. But what's been amazing is, um, I feel so empowered now. I mean, your health is completely in your control. And I didn't realize that before. I want to dive into that and unpack that a little bit because you at the very top of this, you said you consider yourself a healthy guy. You, you ate healthy and then you got this revelation that at 44, 45, you have a cholesterol of 243 LDL of 190. You got a calcium score that puts you, you know, in the 90th percentile, um, which is not good. And so all of a sudden, are you feeling like I thought I was in control of my health, but I'm not. Right. And I was starting to think like, is it genetics? What, what is it? Like, why, why is this happening? Because I thought I had checked all the boxes um, and I didn't. But this proved to me that I was just doing it a little wrong. I needed to make some, some major changes and some tweaks in my diet. And once I did, everything fell into line. Yeah. What? So any heart disease in your family that you know of? You know, my um, grandparents had it on my dad's side. Um, my grandfather died of congestive heart failure, which was awful to watch. Um, but you know, Midwest, uh, meat and potatoes. I mean, that's what they, they lived on. They love that stuff. Um, you know, so that, so that's really the only heart disease. And then, you know, I, uh, my mom has some high cholesterol and things like that. Um, yeah. So you said that you started making some major tweaks what does that look like? Like, what is, what does a typical day of Paul Young eating <laughs> strong look like? Yeah. So, um, I basically cut out all processed foods, all dairy. Um, you know, I hadn't been drinking milk for a long time, but I was still loving the cheese. So, um, but what I do like this morning, I had a big bowl of, uh, oatmeal and I put tons of fruit in it with like, I try to go for the diversity. So I like doing, you know, the flax, the chia, the hemp seeds, 
I'd throw some spinach in there, maybe a little date syrup if I wanted a little sweet. Um, so I did that and, uh, I'll do like a green smoothie sometimes middle morning, um, like around 10, 10 30. Um, especially if I work out hard, I kind of need that fuel or I'll, I'll snack on some sweet potatoes or something like that. And then lunchtime's usually like a, a big salad or a bowl, um, something like that. And then dinner, same thing. Um, just like a soup or a bowl or a wrap or something like that. And, and I just, my thing is focusing on the diversity, tons of beans, lentils, um, grains, brown rice, all that stuff, all those goodies. I love it. Yeah. You, you texted me a photo of one of your meals, uh, not too long ago and it looked totally righteous. Um, <laughs> looked like something that I would make. Um, all right. So you're, you're eating this way. And you've been doing it now for how long would you say all in? Like five months. And so with your fire department, are you 24 on 48 off? What's your schedule? Yeah, it's kind of a funky schedule, but basically 24 hours at a time. Yep. And so you're at a station with how many guys or gals? 14. So 14, is it guys and gals or all guys? Yeah, guys and gals. All right. And what kind of blowback did you get from your fellow firefighters when you started doing this? You know, um, I got some, I mean, there's always going to be vegan jokes and, you know, um, but it's all good. It just means they love you. Uh, <laughs> it's when they don't start ribbing you that, you know, yeah, you're right. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and actually I got a friend there who's been a vegan for a long time, um, like 10 years he's been a vegan and uh, he's super healthy. And so I think people are starting to catch on, especially in the fire service. I mean, yes, it's still very meat and potatoes and it's like prime rib and lobster for promotional dinners and stuff like that. But I think a lot more people are, are becoming more and more interested. It's like they'll rip you with a little vegan joke. And then later they'll pull you to the side and like, Hey, I had an extra big salad today for lunch, or I made this, you know, soup at, at home and shared it with my family. I mean, so I think, I think they're intrigued. Well, I would imagine so. And if all these guys and gals, are also having an annual physical, I would imagine that, you know, those numbers don't lie. And they usually kind of tell you, you know, if you've been doing things right or wrong with your lifestyle. And I can't imagine eating the way most firefighters I know eat that their cholesterols aren't elevated like yours were. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what about your family? What about your wife and your three kids? How have they embraced this? My wife has been all in. She's eating with me, doing it, plant strong, feeling great. Um, my kids were working on it. So they're a little harder to convince, you know, they're 13, 10 and five. Um, uh -huh. But definitely more fruits, more veggies. And uh, we're going to get there. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it's always it's always nice to have the family on board. Makes it so much easier. Yeah. Especially like just cooking meals together and eating together. It just yep. a lot better that way. Yeah. And 
you know, your kids don't know it now, but this is going to be one of the greatest gifts that you give them is understanding that mommy and daddy love the Dickens out of you guys. And that's why we're feeding you strong food instead of the weak food. And we know that you like the weak food and most people do, but it's not doing them any favors. So yes, occasionally we'll embark on this stuff, but in this house, we like serving strong food. That's right. Right. They can, yeah. they can, they can get their heads wrapped around that, especially when they see their superhero father, firefighter, even <laughs> this way and, and mom as well. Um, so tell me this, cause I know that you recently became part of the dive rescue team. Yes. And what inspired that? I, I was part of the dive rescue team as well. I've always loved the water. So living in Southern California, you know, I'm about 10 minutes from the beach and, so always surfing, diving, fishing, I mean, you name it, whatever I can do in the ocean, I, I'm in. So um, an opportunity presented itself. It was a test and I took it and, and made it. And it's so amazing. It's such a cool gig. Yeah. Did you have to switch fire stations or are you able to stay at the one you're at? No, I had to move. And, and how long ago did you make that move? About a year and a half ago. Got it. I mean, all my calls now are basically on the waterfront. Oh. So, and we're doing a ton of training, you know, out on the boat and diving. And I love it. It's right up my alley. Yeah. Now, however, there was a little catch there because I think your white blood cell count was a little low and it, and it kind of spooked one of the doctors, right? Right. So I had to go to another medical um, separate from the, the one we talked about earlier and, um, my white blood cell count was low and he calls me and says, Hey, we got a problem. Like I can't pass you on your medical cause your white blood cell counts so low. And so I was like, Ooh, wow. I wonder why, you know? And so I started doing some research and I actually got a hold of, um, Dr. Miller over at plant-based telehealth who you recommended. And she says to me, no, your white blood cell counts fine. It's because the inflammation in your body is so low. You don't need all those white blood cells. And so, yeah, so she was able to basically through a letter, let this other doctor know that I was just fine. And so, and so this other doctor said that he needed a, a, a letter, right? Correct. From, from a physician yeah. indicating that this low white blood, blood cell count was actually fine. Yes. And so you were able to get that through plant-based telehealth, which is fantastic. Um, and then what, did he have any problems or he just say, okay, sounds good to me. I said, okay, sounds good. And that was it. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that, that our bodies, when we're not feeding it, right. All these inflammatory foods, it knows exactly what to do. And that white blood cell count was a, a, a function of, of you stopping the the cheese and the fish and the other, and the oil and the other processed refined foods that you were, you know, enjoying so much. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Wow. So you just got off shift, correct? Correct. And was it, how was it? Was it a good shift? No, it was a great shift. It's always a great shift. I love going in and hanging out with the guys and, you know, running calls and doing all that, but yeah. it's always come home to the family too. I know it's, it is, it is such a, 
It's such a great lifestyle. It really, truly is. Now, you, speaking of lifestyle, you texted me the other day saying that you are like, you feel as good as you've ever felt in your life. Absolutely. Yes. Right? You're like, you're riding high right now on energy and motivation and all your numbers are just kicking major butt. And so you're, 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 you're inspired to do a race that you haven't done since you were in your twenties. Will you tell me about that? Yeah. I don't know what I got myself into Rip, but, um, I, uh, so with this whole ocean thing, um, back in my mid twenties, I used to race paddle boards. They're these prone paddle boards that look like a surfboard. They're just longer and thicker. Um, and you do these long distance races in the open ocean. Yeah. So when I was, I think, 26 years old, I did a race from Catalina Island, which is a small island off of the L.A. area, um, to Manhattan Beach. So it's a 32-mile race that took eight hours. I mean, it's a beast. It's a beast of a race because um, you're just, you know, braving all the elements and the currents and everything else. And So anyway, I did it, um, but I never felt like great about the race. Like I always wanted a, another crack at it. Like I wanted to do it faster. And so for like the last 20 years, I kind of, ah, oh, next year, I'm going to do it next year. And so this is my year. Like I'm done making excuses. I signed up, um, for a similar race. It's called the rock to rock. It's from Catalina um, to the mainland. And this is a 22 mile race. That's, uh, it's going to be about five hours, five, six hours. So been training for that. I just, I need something somewhere to put all this energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the three so, kids, the three kids aren't doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so, so the five hour race, roughly 22 miles. Now, when you say you're, you're prone on this paddleboard, does that mean you're lying down on it and you're basically, yes. are, you, are you, are you propelling yourself with your arms or how? With your arms, like, like you're paddling a surfboard or swimming almost like that same movement. And so you go from your belly to your knees, just back and forth. So you're using different muscle groups. Um, yeah. And you're just grinding it out for. Wow. So you don't get a paddle. This is, this is all has to be done with your own appendages. Right. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That sounds really exciting. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. I mean, I I'm scared too, but it's, it's so cool to just be working towards this again and to be, you know, back in the mix and training and talking about it. And yeah. What do you do as far as, do you have a little something on your board where you can put fluids and nutrition? Um, I have like a double water bottle holder. So I'll put my, you know, water with electrolytes and all that stuff there and um, keep my nutrition with me as best I can, like in my pockets and whatnot. But when I do the actual race, I'm going to have a boat. They make you have a boat because you're like in the middle of the channel, like 22 miles from the mainland. So it's a long way to go. So you have to have a support boat. Um, yeah, that's good. So on the support boat, you can get, uh, fluids and nutrition. Yeah. Like my kids are going to go, they're super excited. My boys and they're like, all right, we're going to hit We're they already got their plan. So 
they're going to hand me all the food and drink and all that stuff that I need just to get to the end. Fantastic. What, how many competitors do you think there'll be? You know, I don't know. Um, I think probably like 50 or 60. Um, the other race that I referred to the 32 miler, a couple hundred people do that one. That's mm -hmm. a big deal. Mm -hmm. So, and we'll see that one's in August. If this one goes well, I might just enter that one too. <laughs> Keep rolling with it. I, I do want to say this or, or ask you this before I, I, I give you the, uh, the ground. And that is like, <clears throat> what advice would you give to other firefighters that are out there listening right now? Right. Uh, and are thinking, you know, I'm interested, but man, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if a, I can do it. B the guys and the gals at the depart at the, at, at the, um, at the station are just going to like rib me to no end. And I just want to, I just want to get along. Uh, what, what would you say to them? I would say you'll get along. You'll be fine. Stop making excuses and just go for it. It's not about what you're giving up. It's about what you're gaining. Um, and you're going to gain so much. So like I tell the guys at work, just try it, like try it for a week, try it for two weeks, see what happens. Um, and find something that motivates you, like whether you do it for yourself, for your wife, for your kids, for whatever, just go for it. Um, you know, people think it's a hassle to be a vegan, but it's more of a hassle to have a heart attack. So, <laughs> Amen to that. Do you feel like you're masculinity has it all been uh marred by <laughs> this way no not at all i feel even stronger and and better than i ever did and i think once people start to see that like they see you working out and and like i'm entering this race and doing these things like the all that doubt and question goes away because you're just kicking butt yeah, kicking butt and taking names like in the Game Changers. Yeah. Have you, have you seen the Game Changers? I have. Yeah. It's a great documentary. Yes. Yeah. What about Forks Over Knives? You ever see that? Oh, one? yeah. I've seen that multiple times. I actually just watched it again like a couple months ago just to refresh my memory on some things. It's a great yeah. No, it is. It's it's interesting to go back and watch that thing because it didn't I watched it for the first time in 2011. So it's yeah. been out, it's been out for over a decade now, which is hard for me to believe. Well, listen, Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Uh, thanks for sharing your story. You know, it, 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 means, it means a lot that you reached out to me and uh, with your results and what you're trying to do with your life. Um, what was your big why? Like, why did you decide to do this? Was it because of your wife and kids? What was it? Yeah, it was the wife and kids. I mean, you know, I, like anybody that has a wife and kids, you love them more than anything and you want to be there for all the, all those moments and you want to be there for a long time. And yeah. so that's what, what my motivation has been. Um, I want to be a good example to them and I want to be around to, to experience them growing up, <laughs> you know, and just being with them. So, yeah. so that's it. Yeah. But it's all about. Yep. Yep. It is. It is beautiful. I've got, I've got three young kids as well. Eight. She just eight, 13 and 14. And 
There's nothing like it, nothing like it. And I don't want anything to take me away from them before, before I have to go, right? I want to be around a long time. Yeah. Well, Paul, give me a big plan, strong, like fist bump. And dude, way to be, way to be plan strong. Yes. Appre- appreciate you and all, all the things you're doing uh, in Southern California with, uh, with, with fire and, and paramedics. Thank you. Thank you, Rip. Great talking to you. Paul, my firefighting brother, thanks so much for your passion and your willingness to make a change. Your wife, your children, and most importantly, the people you help will benefit so much from your dedication to your own health. I've said it before, you can't rescue others if you don't rescue yourself first. And that's what we do at Plant Strong every single day. Help others rescue their own health so they can be of service to others. Thanks for listening and always keep it Plant Strong. The Plant Strong podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Cobble B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.